Hello, I'm Roly. I'm Toby. And welcome to The Great Idea. Tobes, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about inflatable boobs. We are also going to talk about delicious cream egg pop-ups. And we have a guest who is a journalist. A journalist. Hello and welcome uh, to The Great Idea. We're back after a brief hiatus. Uh, back better than ever. Uh, Toby, how are you this evening? Very good, mate. Thanks very much. Good. Uh, really excited about our guest this evening. Um, after a few weeks of, I'd say, staying within the creative, within the industries, within the agency side, we've branched out and we have um, Angelica Malin, uh, editor-in-chief of About Time magazine and founder of About Time Academy. Hi, guys. Great to have you, Angelica. Thanks for joining us. Why don't you tell us a bit about what you do, who sure. you are? Thank you for having me. So I run a lifestyle website called About Time which is anything it's about time you tried in London and beyond, whether that's amazing CBD lattes to discovering incredible people who are doing very interesting things in the food scene. We pretty much try and find anything that is unusual and worth people's time and money. And then we also run an academy where we host events for our readers. So we have lots of different events coming up from about time you got a book deal, see what I did there, <laughs> to, um, to how to balance your hormones naturally. So a kind of range of informative, lifestyle, fun, very accessible events. That's me in a nutshell. Excellent. I know for a fact that I have consulted your brunch lists on several occasions over the years, <laughs> and they have served me well. So, right, we're gonna we're gonna crack on. I'm gonna leave the first idea to Tobes uh, to introduce. Yes. So, uh, LV, who sell breast pumps, unleashed loads of big inflatable boobs across London. I don't know about you guys, but loads of people in my office were talking about this one. The campaign is designed to help fight the stigma about breastfeeding um, or pumping in public. So they got, I think it was five different big inflatable boobs of different shades and sizes and put them up in a variety of locations in East London, I think most of them were. Mm. I think it's really cool. Visually, it looks insane. Just a massive tits. <laughs> Big boobs are never going to be like a, ba- a bad idea, uh, but also I think it, it like the the starkness and the root oneness of it and the brashness of doing big boobs mm. also suits the problem that they're trying to form the solution to, which is that people still have a stigma around breastfeeding in public, mm. so they want to show that with big boobs in London. Mm, mm. I think having those stats makes quite a difference. Just from a journalist's point of view, we're saying quite a lot of stuff that's quite kind of clickbait, visually led. We've done a stunt, we're giving out something free. But for me, to create a story, you need to have something, some kind of substance behind it. And stats research can really help with that. It's interesting because I think stats alone don't sell a story. But if you have a combination of stats and something visual or a stunt, maybe then you've got your sell. Agree. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. So they, I think the lead, the lead figure that they went with was that forty-five percent of women um, find that kind of everyday life situations put them off breastfeeding. So that mm. could be anything from being out at lunch or being on public transport. Um, so yeah, that's nearly half of women. There's a lot of women yeah. um, who you know are, feel like they cannot do what is you know a perfectly natural thing. So it's that you know that that killer stat we were saying that you know when you're when you're pitching this into journalists. You know, as a as a PR, so often you know the kind of question you, I think you try and keep in your in your head is 
um, what your editor is going to say, why now? As you said, why am mm. I going to write about this now as opposed mm. to any other day? You know, and it's kind of that, that call to action, isn't it? Mm. Something I'm often interested by is sample size on these um, on these polls or on these stats. Go on. Is that like, <laughs> well, we do, we host a, a PR workshop um, every few months and it's something we bring up a lot is that we do actually look at how big these sample sizes were. Because if you're pitching me like, and I, oh, we found out that 56 people, 56% of people for gin to vodka and then you've polled like 300 people. I'm like, that's not a stat. Yes. So we try and look, you know, it has to be a good chunky, you've, you've you've pulled at least like a few thousand people because otherwise it just feels like you're just and also I think it's there's often like a disconnect between the company that's doing the polling and what the stats about so this works really well because the company is a breast pump and the stats are about breastfeeding but often what I see with stats is like where my client is like a gambling company and we've done a stat about crisps you know and there's that disconnect between the subject matter so I say like if you're trying to do a stats off make sure it's really relevant to your client as well as um, interesting stats that's interesting because sometimes um, I would go the other way and I'd be like if my client is maybe like gambling related or something that I think lifestyle press might be less interested Mm. in doing the temptation is to veer towards something a bit news grabby and then do the campaign around that even if the bridge isn't as Mm. good I know that's not good PR advice but sometimes you're tempted to go into subject matters that you think are um, instantly appealing like Mm. Bit of, luckily for LV, big boobs are in are right in their territory. <laughs> yeah. If you were a gambling brand and you were going down the big boobs road, then yeah. maybe you'd think that's your road in. But it's interesting that you say that um, it, it's more than the content. The, the brand being involved will only make sense for your readers if they're one and the same and mm. the story makes sense. I think if you do have a, a slightly harder client to plug, say it's gambling or something that's less attractive, then your bridge in that disconnect is just do a big sample size, then like try and make it a really legitimate stat. Yeah, I would agree with that. Make it re- robust sample size, and as you said, having some credibility to talk about it, I think is really is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, we were looking at you know the kind of the kind of coverage that this had. So there was a nice spread across kind of your, your online nationals, some lifestyle stuff, and we were saying it was kind of bang on what we would expect their audience to be. You know, kind of young mothers. Um, and the kind of titles that they'd be reading, so Pretty 52, Metro, it felt like it was about where you'd want that coverage to be, I think. Mm, mm. Um, well, yeah, which is nice. So, And as you said, we were also interesting that it was only in East London. The, the North and the West London's not fancy boobs in there. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what would be good is to, would be to, if there was a regional split of the data and actually to see if it was women in certain parts of the country mm who felt like they had bigger issues and then the boobs could have gone there would maybe be like a nice build so we're putting a boob button somewhere where women feel like they can't Mm. breastfeed Mm. I don't know I mean I'm I'm going totally out on a limb here do you reckon it's based on like where they think well they're more residential areas like if you put a boob up in Mayfair there's not that many people that live there I suppose doing it kind of east perhaps you've got more young parents there I don't know or people who are just going to say yes to knock on the door yeah I've got this massive boob (laughs) I need to put it on a roof somewhere it definitely doesn't reflect the data (laughs) it's definitely that people in East London will let you put a boob on their their (laughs) roof I think but it would have been a Cool. what would have been maybe a cool build is is actually these are the areas where women feel uncomfortable mm. so let's put a massive boob out there but no i mean that's kind of getting if complex. i was to be like really critical about it i would say that it would have been good to have some kind of lv branding around the boob or near the boob because if there wasn't like a marketing rep from lv there and i'm just looking at that photo which is just a boob on a building yes is i wouldn't know so i think getting their hashtag which i think was free the feed would have been good to have there because if people are snapping it you don't have that brand appeal that is a journalist saying more branding in yeah. pr photos <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
PRs but everywhere. But like good branding, <laughs> yeah. you know. Subtle branding. Know. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, fair enough. Because they're not going to know to tag them on Instagram. You'll just be walking past, you'll be like, oh, there's a big boob. But they won't be getting people at mentioning them, will they? But I guess if you were going to write that, surely you you have to... Um, that The boobs are in London because, and then you have to give the brand plug, or do you think no? Yeah, if I was writing it, but yeah. I'm thinking from a consumer perspective. Or social. Of, on social, exactly. Yeah. If I was walking past said boob. I've never said boob so much in my life. Yeah. Um, if I was walking past it as just a, a member of... Shoreditch, then, <laughs> then I'd I wouldn't know where it'd come from. So I think mm. yeah, I think it would have been a good idea just to have like a sticker on the wall. Yeah, well, it was it was mother, wasn't it? Who yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I'm more, I'm more in the ad ad space. It's quite kind of nice to see. And I, I mean, agencies everywhere are using the whole spiel: communications, marketing. It's not advertising. It's not PR anymore. You know? Coming for us, they want exactly. Our but or yeah, it quite. But it's kind <laughs> of interesting that um, what I think is quite a PR led thing come from what might be a traditionally an ad agency which is kind of cool to see mm, so 100 percent mm. yeah because that was that was talkability personified like like i said people in offices were talking about big boobs in london and that yeah sense. And, not... and they used influencers which was nice they had a they had a few influencers who i think they'd work with with sponsored campaigns to uh, come down cool. take a photo outside of it i think that's that's quite nice yeah i mean when all said and done you walk past a massive boob in the street you're going to take a photo mm. It takes a strong-willed or incredibly busy person not to take a photo of the giant boob they walk past. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. I think we like it because as much as we like giant boobs, it's also appropriate and, and fits what the the issue they're trying to solve. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I'm into it. I guess that's three yeses. Absolutely. <laughs> three yeses for the boobs. One. So I would like to bring up the next story, which is that we ran a piece today about Cream Egg, who have collaborated with Donut Time to do a pop-up in Old Street Station. And they're doing it from the 15th, I think, to the 20th of April, so around Easter. And basically, it's a Cream Egg cafe. Cream Egg Donut Cafe, actually. And they've got, like, these limited edition items. They're doing a Cream Egg Donut, which looks like just, like, completely over the top with a Cream Egg in the middle. They've got a Cream Egg Ice Cream, and they've also got, like, donut sticks that you dip into the hot, and you dip them into melted Cream Egg. Oh, my God. And I think they've got some (laughs) other kind of stuff, like, you can win prizes and stuff like that. And, yeah, so they're just doing this pop-up in Old Street Station. And I felt like it was very kind of fun and clickbaity. Um, they had really nice imagery. It, it was a really easy piece to put up, and it was the kind of thing that I know people feel quite quite emotionally connected to Cream Egg. Um, so I knew that it would get good shares. I mean, I've not seen any images or read anything about it, and I'm honestly like salivating yeah. at your description. Well, the the one that was the donut sticks, they made it look like dippy eggs and soldiers, which oh. was quite nice. So okay. the Cream Egg melted was like in an egg cup, so that had like a nice kind of visual play. Oh, it's so interesting to hear about you talk about like. The ease, the fact that they did, they they sent you everything you needed. Yeah. And clickbaitiness is like a positive. Yeah. What makes a pop up good? Do you think? Because you must get sent pop up invitations and photos and just all, all that kind yeah, of stuff, all, all the, the stuff time. all the time. I think <laughs> just constantly, and they, everyone always thinks they're the first to do something. And I'm like, no, you weren't the first because we already got sent that one, and you, they were the first. Um, I I I think it's for us. It's about knowing our audience. Is that that we know certain things always perform pretty well on Twitter and Instagram, and stuff like that will because we're a really visual site. Anything that looks quite like over the top and indulgent, people click on. Um, so so that connects for us. But again, like I said, like they had all the high res images to hand. They 
they've broken down all the info like really easily they put their prices they put the address like it is when you work in a digital world it is stuff like that that m makes it make the cut over stuff where i have to tinker like i just don't want to tinker i've got no. mm. got too much to do tinkering equals story gets spiked yeah yeah, yeah. literally and i've got i can't tell you that stuff that's in drafts that we we're like no we waited on photos and i can't be bothered anymore. oh fine just the moment goes so i would say if you can like get it in dropbox have it there when you pitch it in because i don't even have time to be like send me high res just you, send me high res you should publish uh, like every quarter the stories that never were oh, and God. just so prs can join me like no no yeah, nothing worse than you're promising a client a piece of coverage that never comes <laughs> just a, a ma there is a massive editorial graveyard we've all got them God. yeah and that's usually because we're waiting on someone else of so, course yeah yeah well i mean it sounds incredible to be quite honest it sounds really delicious we were saying that as you said cream eggs are one of those brands i think that really do resonate have a bit of a cult following but like marmite Mm. you know those kind of like oh my god um, don't, don't get me started on marmite like i'm the biggest fan i think i'm a, i'm in like the marmite insiders club because they send me stuff every month um but, yeah did you get one of the peanut butters so then? actually funny story of the peanut butter um i was on holiday and i did get a, um they sent like a safe box with the marmite peanut butter in it and um, i was on holiday so it went to my local post office depot and when i went to pick it up i opened it i was so excited i was like oh this must be the marmite peanut butter i've seen it on social and inside it had a note from the PR and it was like, we're announcing something new. We're going to give you the code on social media. But this was like a week later. So when I yeah. actually picked it up, I still can't get the bloody code. I've taken it to everyone, tried to break it open. I got a hammer to the thing. I can't get my peanut butter so out. So you have a Marmite peanut butter. In a box. In a box. <laughs> in a box. And you can't break it. No, and it's got box. like a, it's got a code at the front and I, I don't know the code and I've messaged them. But, the, but does the PR know no, the code? No, well, then nobody knows the code anymore. It's not like, it was on stories. This is oh, the problem, so, oh, this so was the, the problem okay, so with the, the internet. So I'm like, at this, at this point, I'm going to throw it on the ground and hope it opens. So they sent it to you on a disappearing yeah. piece of content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Oh, I like that. I yeah. like that. But it's quite smart. It's quite, yeah, it's quite fun. And they were like, check in at 5pm. It'll be on stories with the code. And then I think they sent it to a whole load of influencers to open at a particular time. But I was on holiday. The perils of interactive campaigns. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, an interesting one for Donut Time, who are obviously the... <laughs> Sorry. Back on track. Sorry. I, was, I didn't mean to sound quite so stern when I said that. <laughs> Okay. You know when you Someone needs to give us a line. You know when you have a thought and you're like, don't forget it, and then you concentrate really wholeheartedly because there's nothing more annoying than you forget what you're going to say. But back to donut time. Fine. Uh, who do we think's approached to there? So I think, well, the PR that approached me, I think, was from Donut Time. Um, I reckon they Donut Time approached the bigger brand. Okay. That's potentially so, what happened. Do they have to? I, th this feels like it could be a massive win for donuts. Presumably they use Cadbury's cream. Like, it's do you think ingredient. they could just do it? A, it isn't that... It'd be so punchy if they haven't got cream egg sign off. Do you think so? <laughs> no, of course they have. It's like chocolate. It's like if you if you use like Cadbury mm -hmm. anything or like Galaxy this. Do you have to phone lawsuit. Galaxy yeah, every time? It's quite punchy sent out why, a press why? release though. I was going to say that's an enormous lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. Surely you see the word Galaxy and ingredients that you do and then you just, then if you can sell it, you can promote it. <laughs> just call yeah. it a pop-up. What I think happens, I, I reckon Donut Time has a little stall in Old Street already. That's what I think. I think they're calling it a pop-up. But uh, it's like, when right. is pop-up not a pop-up? I reckon it's just their shop, but they're popping up within their own store. That's like Because I've seen that shop before. I think it exists. Popping up within there. It's just, stores. you know, it's just spinning. It's just spinning some yarn on something. But, you know... Inception pop-up. Yeah. Wait, wait, but to cover it, do you think there's something about, like, the phrase pop-up or the idea of pop-up that makes it more, like more news than just saying yeah. the donut time shop is having a facelift. <laughs> yeah. Like, it definitely is a trendy word. It's all sort of a lie that we're yeah. all happy to be a lot, go along with if 
because it's a pop-up and that will get clicks and people will talk about but it's about time time sensitivity isn't it yeah, it's like a, exactly. if it's not time sensitive then it's not news so if you said they're doing a shop you'd be like no <laughs> yeah quite but if they're doing pop-up cool but think about it from the consumer's point of view you go to the pop-up on the weekend and they go someone says what do you do on the weekend oh i went to the donut time cream egg pop-up you're like, oh that's cool and then they go what did you do on the weekend oh i went to the donut time shop because <laughs> they'll be like and they'll be like that's not that's not something that's not a that's, weekend that's not been to a shop. <laughs> like what the hell's wrong with you Fine. kind of thing so yeah i think it's quite smart i think what's good about it is it hits it on two levels that you'll get your press out of it because they're doing this collaboration but actually you'll get probably more consumers where people come in and then you'll have that second wave of people on instagram stories and taking photos and eating it and that will generate more activity so you, i don't i think with campaigns like this you don't want it just to be press that are interested and you don't want it to be just consumers there's like a nice happy sweet spot between the two you know yeah no, I would agree with that. But over this weekend, Cadbury were doing their own campaign mm. around a Cadbury cream egg mayonnaise that they were launching. And there was this massive giant billboard, which is designed to look like it has mayonnaise on one side and then cream egg goo or whatever it is on the other. And then that combines in this big dispenser that you can have on waffles um, sounds gross. The evening standard described it as like liquid hell. Mm-hmm. But the egg cream egg mayonnaise billboard and offering got loads of coverage. Mm-hmm. So one, I'm interested to know like what actually makes a good like eggy idea and like wh- who's coming out on what side in this in this whole Easter because basically everyone's also gonna, we should say going to be doing egg related stuff because it's Easter this weekend. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. yeah. Um, it's that disgust thing, isn't it? Like ha- having a quick look at the coverage, it was like we tried the egg mayonnaise, so you don't have to. Uh, mm. You know, Cadbury and Hellman's have produced have produced this to ruin your Easter. Like it's that funny. Like I think disgust is such a is such a good kind of emotion to play on. I think within the media, because you know that kind of outrage, it just mm. works really, really well. Yes, outrage is good. Outrage you is good. obviously share things that sound disgusting, mm. but you have your weird friend who's obsessed with mayonnaise who must find out about this. Two brands that I wouldn't necessarily see mm. getting together, Heinz mm. and mm. Cadbury. Yeah. I, I don't know, I think, from my perspective, it's a little bit cheap, and because of that, you'll also isolate loads of titles because, like, it for me, it's a bit lowbrow and it's obviously disgusting. And like, we're not going to promote anything that's disgusting. So you're making quite a d- conscious decision to kind of go after titles that are, you know, your, your sort of daily stars rather than like. Fine. Not that you know that they were likely to be in Tatler, but they're now definitely not going to be. So it's, it's sort of deciding what kind of coverage you want. Like for me, it just feels like a, just just too clickbait and just a bit rank fine so if Cadbury were involved the strategy is do nice donut pop up on Mm. the one hand Mm. and do gross mayonnaise stunt the week before Mm. to really nail the Easter side of things well you've pushed them away and then you've brought them back in again there haven't you you've (laughs) That's that's a, it's a real they've real it's hook line and sinker they've disgusted us and then they've got me salivating over their donut mm. sticks that look like egg soldiers or whatever the hell it I was. Wonder how I think the mayonnaise is a bad shout actually. I just think why like just make your brand like a, a bit aspirational and people want to share it and it's lovely and you want to eat these delicious things like you're basically making your own brand a bit rank and it's like do you really want to do that? I think positive press is better. 
I mean, the thing is, let's see how many people talk about either. Because mm. like, you've just got that release today, is that mm. right? For the day, yeah. I think. So, so if it gets, maybe this will get more pick people up and have I'll, seen, I'll eat my hat. People have seen pop-ups before, like we've said. Mm. And I actually, I, I question how much Cadbury knew about this. But dis- no. disgusting is a gross vehicle for people to talk about stuff. Mm. Surely, um, Cad- just surely Cadbury knew about the pop-up. You can't use their name. The cream egg branding and then them not be involved. But what is it branded? Is it branded? It, it yeah, it looks pretty branded. It does. It's got their logo on it. <laughs> if I not, if, 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 if ca- not, like Cadbury-ish donuts. If they haven't, like, we using them. If they haven't asked them, and for some reason, Donut Times legal team are listening or law, <laughs> PRs are listening to this, please, please consult no, your legal I, team because there is an enormous lawsuit heading your way. <laughs> no, I definitely think they have. But it's, I think it's this kind of silly season around Easter where there's this, you're kind of fighting to get this coverage. Yeah. So you have to come up with the most ridiculous, the most over top stuff. So I've seen every version of a hot cross bun this week. I've seen hot cross bun ice cream, hot cross bun Benedict, with which bacon, was like I eggs saw. in a hot cross bun. Yeah, bacon with hollandaise and just hot cross bun martinis. <laughs> like, does anyone want a hot cross bun martini? Probably not. What do you um, think how does that manifest I think itself? They, they've distilled the flavours of a hot cross bun into a into oh. a liqueur. Oh, I don't oh, know. And it's served with, served with a mini hot cross bun. But oh. yeah, I think you've got to be careful of going a particular TC. What have we learned about food pop-ups and lessons um, to learn that will work for about time? Work for about time. Make it pretty. <laughs> make it social. Make it pretty. Make it social. Another thing, I final thing I'd say on this is that I think it's good if you have a massive brand who works with a slightly smaller brand like Donut Time but still has sort of like 60, 80,000 followers where you think that you're going to get a bit of like social media interaction out of it. That would make me put right. it up. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll do a feature and then they'll probably share it and that'll boost our Insta numbers. So stuff like that we think about. Whereas I know that like no matter how many features we do about Pratt they're never going to care <laughs> <laughs> love Pratt but they're not going to tweet us so you've got to have a few brands that feel a bit on your level and you might interact with interesting cool. it's good to know yeah. and the key rule never add mayonnaise no I want to believe that Donut Time have done this by themselves that they've just <laughs> got the cojones go on pray for Donut Time AOB, the bit where we hopefully go quickly through a few other bits that have caught um, our attention. Tobes? Oh, yeah. Okay. Whistle Stop Tour through some stuff. Uh, UK TV, Channel Gold. Um, they launched this public petition uh, to install an Only Fools and Horses-themed statue uh, commemorating the London Tower block that housed the Trotter Brothers in the show, um, following the news that that tower block is going to be demolished. Uh, so there's a, a sort of a change.org petition you can put your name on and then they have these like mocked up images um, of one of the lads from Only Falls of Horses in front of this tower block saying, if we get enough signatures, we may or may not make this statue as it's mocked up in these pictures or we might put up a plaque. I mean, I genuinely think the PRs who organise this are even surprised that they got covered out of it. Went everywhere. Really? It went everywhere. I think it's great. It's, it's you, the thing you always say this. You love most as a PR. It's just magicking coverage out of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a build. A building is being demolished. I mean, obviously it's the building, but like it's it's. I think it's. I think it's so clever. So they weren't aiming very high with their petition. A hundred signatures was the aim. Any guesses on how many they're on? Oh, uh, I reckon they got there. So. So like Angelica, how many? Hundred and ten. Oh, okay, 465. It's 52 at the moment. <laughs> is it? They haven't even done it. Just over halfway. No way. Well, it's quite a simple ask. 
Uh, so you know what they say, <laughs> aim, aim low and don't get there. It's literally out of nowhere. Um, well, that's interesting. So, sorry, there's also a video of one of the guys, one of the cast members. Boise, is the guy who played Boise. Stood in front of a green screen or something, uh, talking about how we should sign this petition. Like... It's clear from the artist's impressions. You should have a look if you haven't already seen it. But it's like a it's like a gold rendition of an over the top statue in front of like a, a council block or a tower block. Well, the the, the tower. The block. tower block. Um, <laughs> but like that statue will never be made, no. especially with fifty two. <laughs> especially with <laughs> just over half the signatures. I like it. But they must I think have it's... known. And but the coverage, I would have thought, needs the link to the. Petition, but maybe yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like well, it. it can't have done if they only got fifty something. I mean, yeah. you think <laughs> maybe that's national press would have driven a few but more signatures. Re- the coverage's reason to exist is that a petition. It's enough for a petition to mm. exist. Yeah, than, of course. Then we should all start more petitions to have any signatures. Like a, a similar political one got loads of <laughs> signatures yeah. and nothing has happened. Whereas a this one got loads of coverage for having a, a benchmark of a hundred people. Yeah. Well, crazy. I just think, you know, it's just put UK TV in, in papers where it wouldn't usually be. Mm. So, mm. great. Yeah. Cool. Right, on to the next one. Amazing so, coverage. Um, oh, yeah. Ori- so, Oreos, Game of Thrones uh, went out the other day. Um, so, Oreos have really committed to the Game of Thrones launch, not only by pulling together what I think is quite a nice video animation which mocks up the sort of famous beginning intro scene of Game of Thrones but where sort of you see castles appear out of nowhere and you fly over different landscapes but it's all animated out of Oreos um, which is quite cute and a good piece of social content but they've also got like limited edition packaging and Oreos that are printed with different Game of Thrones families on it and it's definitely getting loads of traction Mm. Um, Creative Moment put it up and reviewed it quite well people like it I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, there's a massive disconnect for me there. Like, I wouldn't think Game of Thrones, Oreos. They aren't (laughs) two brands that have much synergy. That said, I think um, it's quite smart because it's tapping in with Zeitgeist. It's, like, part of community. They've only done, like, a short, limited run of them. So it can potentially be a collector's item. And people are very into Game of Thrones. So I just think, okay, I'll give it to them. It, It looks quite pretty. Yeah, it definitely know, does nice, look pretty. Nice packaging on the front. The, the pictures are class. We were saying a, a limited edition is code in PR for not having very much budget or <laughs> being able to roll it out fully. Yeah. But, like, it, it's brave to do Oreo outside, completely outside of the brand and completely mm. overtake your own to, to create images that um, are aligned with a TV show. Mm. Uh, the, I think the the barminess of the connection adds to the appeal in a way that it's like, why is this happening? Yeah, it's just mm. so weird that you would kind of talk about it. They're also not a brand that I know that does these kind of things, like in the past. I've never seen them do... I don't know if you're... Well, uh, I'm right, but I've never seen them do other uh, kind of film-inspired or TV-inspired so, things. Yeah, well, I must admit, my my perception of Oreo is that it's an incredibly American brand mm. um, and they're, they're kind of like them selling them over here as like an afterthought oh yeah I suppose we could flog them over there as well so maybe maybe they do more of this I think the fact obviously Game of Thrones is so big here and in the US mm. maybe this is one of the ones that is translated like, I don't know maybe they do it for other shows that I don't know I'm completely mm. speculating but mm. um, I agree I feel like they're such an American import yeah yeah so yeah, I definitely saw them. They did quite a famous Super Bowl tweet. I think they have. They're willing to have fun, but it's interesting that they've done 
they've committed so hard to the launch of a massive show mm. and you're not seeing similar stuff from other people actually mm. they're also vegan which is fun no way yeah which also makes me think what is that white stuff <laughs> <laughs> why is it vegan it's so weird yeah. um, so Tobes you've got the third one for us as well oh uh, it would be weird not to mention the O2 got renamed as O3 because Drake was in town because the O2 to the O3 is a, a lyric in God's Plan correct um, this just feels quick I, like I would have been a bit nervous before I went into this being like okay so we're going to change the, the signage above our own venue slightly to match mm. a lyric for a rapper you never know whether the pictures are actually going to make it's talkable but the, yeah. the, the, the extent to which that ended up permeating culture and everybody talks about it mm. I think is still impressive for what would have cost them not very much. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I get what you mean. I, then maybe they weren't expected to do as well. I don't know if I would have been nervous though. It seems like such a you as a PR manager, you wait for the day that a that an act turns up with a lyric, which you can like something as as kind of simple as that. Mm. So, but I do get what you mean. At I the think. end of the day, they're photos of the front of a shop. Yeah. So, <laughs> like it, it it has worked for them. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I agree that it's like definitely a nice cultural way into conversations. But mm. I still would have been like, oh, are these photos gonna work? <laughs> like, are we doing this? <laughs> but I think you're forgetting the like sheer weight of their own social. On, I mean, they've just got massive followings on on all platforms, so they ha- they it wasn't like they were launching out of nowhere. Yeah, true. So yeah, and it's just another like you know, it's just one of those. It's just a really easy, simple way of just going look at us. We've got Drake for seven nights, mm. kind of thing. Like showboating. Exactly, it, it is a bit, isn't it? It's like you know, we are the. He's one of the biggest artists in the world. He's playing seven nights here at the O2 in London, kind of like trying to reinforce because there are a lot of great venues, you know, arenas and. Eve, in the UK, but in London, Alexander Palace, yeah. Wembley Arena, the Royal Albert Hall, all arenas, like, you know, it's just a way of, like, pushing them out. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Cool. Last but not least, um, so, EasyJet, as part of their campaign to, um, basically, they've been doing a big campaign over the like, kind of last year or so uh, to try and increase um, uh, the amount of female pilots in their ranks. So, I think aviation in general is a very male uh, dominated industry. Um, they came out with a load of stats last year, basically showing that um, they just the, uh, a lot of girls would co- kind of would consider wanting to be a pilot, but maybe feel like they couldn't. So they, I think, they committed to trying to improve, to trying to increase their female pilot intake by twenty percent by twenty twenty. I think is what the stat was. So mm-hmm. just a really simple story. Um, there was um, uh, the UK's youngest um, female pilot. She uh, flew a plane just like, three days after her sixteenth birthday on her own. Amazing story. And EasyJet just jumped in and basically mentoring her, which is really cool. Like it's, you know, we were we were kind of discussing earlier. It's with you know with certain issues, it's it's kind of feels like easy for a brand to jump in to take a stance. So, take for example, when Iceland at Christmas did the you know the Rangtan palm oil ad, but then it turned out that tons of their own brand products still had palm oil in it. Mm. So they took this big stance, really stuck the neck out, and then were made to look quite silly. So I think when you take a stance on these kind of social things. You need to be able to back it up, yeah. Um, and from what I can tell, EasyJet seems to be doing that. They seem to be putting money money into it, trying to improve, you know, their um, their um, recruitment of female pilots. But it just seems like it was a really, really easy way just to kind of keep pushing that message. Oh, mm-hmm. great! This is amazing. Sixteen year old girl who's the youngest pilot. Let's take on. Let's mentor her so she can, you know, go to do what you want to do. And it went, it went everywhere, every national, loads of consumers like CBBC, uh, News Round did like a big piece. 
yeah, really simple, but just a nice story. If I was to be really cynical about it... Do it! <laughs> which is, I imagine, what I was born here for. I would say that I feel like they're deflecting from the fact that they have one of the worst gender pay gaps. And we know that they only have 5% female pilots. And what this mentorship thing feels like to me, just kind of picking out one person, doing this big press piece, is deflection from the fact of the pay gap and also um, not actually getting to the heart of the issue. Is that they're just being like, look, we're doing it. This is literally one person and the problem is so much bigger than that. And they'd be better off like trying to, I would even say like funding things earlier on, like part of this problem is that girls don't have the confidence, girls aren't studying the right subjects. So I'm not sure that this problem can just be solved by encouraging you when you're like 16 to try and do this. Actually, this this problem is a bit more deep rooted than that. So I, I, I fear that it's actually that they're slightly jump, jumping onto zeitgeist and they don't actually care about the issue as much as they say they care about the issue. That's what I worry about. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Although the one, I mean, I should have the piece. I should have had the piece up in front of me. I'd be interested to know to check back to the coverage whether they do this as a standalone or whether they use it as like a vehicle to point back to a scheme that they're doing. Mm. I should know that. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's um, that's such a tough one, isn't it? Because it's with any kind of issue. If you try and turn, if you try and promote a success story of some kind, it it does invite that level of cynicism. But there's only so many success stories and, and so many ways that you can try and communicate that you are committed to solving a problem. And mm. I guess this is, a, this is them trying to show it, which on the one hand has that, like, you have an unease when you read about it because you're not sure what their intentions are. But it's at least positive that they are They're aware of it. owning the problem, doing something about it, mm. trying, trying to shift the dial. And I think when it comes to comms, you have to try and pitch those ideas um, mm. in order to counteract all the right points that you made in terms of the, the current plight that they might be facing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I just had a quick check up on the Telegraph piece and the link back was that, that's one for my insanity, and the link back was that, so that it linked back to we're trying to, we're trying to commit to 20% of our female pilot, 20% of our pilots be female by 2020. So I do agree with you. Mm. It's a lovely thing to say, mm intriguing to know what the what are they doing to get there yeah yeah um, they want to jump up like 15 percent exactly it's quite know, ambitious exactly exactly it's a huge 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 increase yeah so, i just think this is quite a deep-rooted problem and i'm not sure that this kind of stuff is is what's going to solve it basically because i just think a lot of the a lot of companies show that they're trying to do something about the gender pay gap but it's kind of superficial and surface level and then nothing seems to change and the stats are worse this year than they were last year so you're like come yeah. on no one seems to actually deeply care about it so uh, whether this is going to help i don't know cool so the takeaway there is fine to jump on a social issue but there needs to be some substance mm, definitely otherwise it'll it'll actually go as far to it'll totally backfire because i do remember when the iceland stuff came out everyone was just like oh. you're right that a pledge is like a future pledge is really different to a result mm. of some kind or mm. like a financial commitment. Mm, definitely. I'd also like to add, if you're pitching stories like this, don't give me a quote from one of your male senior staff. <laughs> oh, I'm not God. interested in yeah. hearing what Steve, head of HR, is, in, is saying about the scheme. Like find senior women and use them as case studies because otherwise it's part of the problem. Because we're not seeing enough senior level women in the press. So I try and get good case studies of women high up to say something about this, not, not blokes. Sorry. Yeah. It's 
I don't know, I don't know, I don't know anything about the story, but I presume that they probably had some quotes, and I just would want to make sure that some of those quotes were from women or female pilots. Can confirm, it was EasyJet's uh, director of flight operations, Captain David Morgan, who no. was quoted. There you go. Who was quoted in exactly. the Exactly, so find me a female bloody pilot who wants to make a quote about how amazing it is to be a female pilot. Yeah. It's about, this is a representation issue more than anything. I yeah. laughed because I thought it wouldn't happen. But so there you had, go, well, there you go. Well, in the, in, I knew it would. In the, in the interest of fairness, they had Zoe um, Ebry, who's the training cat, who's the one doing the mentoring. Yeah, but, but she's I would, the I would agree. One. I would agree, it does seem... What an actual seems, female pilot. It seems like an oversight... Uh, not to to, mm. to have a you know a male spokesperson mm. quoted. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So. Well, that's yeah, that's what we've got for you this week. Uh, lots of lots of interesting discussion. Lots of good stuff. It's been quite a PR focused one this week, I think, hasn't it? Oh yeah. 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 As in, in the in the last couple of weeks, it's been like big kind of like ad stuff, and it's been quite into our. Our oh, bread like and butter. This. Yeah, into the, into the small stuff. That's because we're grilling the journo behind enemy lines. <laughs> so try and. It's a pleasure. Get to the bottom of things. I'm going to get some Oreos now. Yeah, next time I send you something that adheres to all of the criteria you've just given me and you don't publish it, there'll be, <laughs> there will be hell give to pay. Give me fun, clickbait, nice images, female spokesperson, time sensitive, and we're there. Done. Excellent. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks very much for joining. We really appreciate it. Thank and you. Uh, we will see you guys for the next one. Cheers. Bye.